0: a young man visits the doctor, complaining of excruciating testicular pain. <laughs> testicular pain. Little did he know he was about to make medical history. And then we meet a man who claims that the second coming of Christ already walks among us. He's actually doing interviews with CNN, trying to announce to the world his glory. But the mainstream media is silencing him. Jesus Christ, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys have some fun plans for this weekend. I want to give you guys a heads up next week will be the last week of season 15 after next week i'm gonna take two weeks off i really didn't want to do this in october but it's just the way that everything worked out i gotta take my two weeks off every 50 episodes just to recharge otherwise i don't want the show to ever become a chore Right, and so I need these two weeks to. But I, but we're gonna do one more week at the beginning of October. We're gonna have my birthday episode. You're like, Jason, woohoo! And then, and then after that amazing, spectacular, I'm gonna continue the week. There'll be other episodes, right? That's not the last one. I'll take two weeks off, and then we'll be back for uh, the week before Halloween. So I got some goodness planned, but I just, I just don't have the energy to do it right now. But you know who has tons of energy? One of our legacy Patreon supporters, a longtime supporter of the show, a longtime YouTube supporter. Give it up for T-MAD. Everyone give a round of applause to T-MAD as he's walking into Dead Rabbit Command. T-MAD, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word. about you. You're not going to want to support the Patreon after this episode. You're like, I don't know what episode I'm going to end up on. But if you can't support the Patreon even after this episode, that's okay. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Team, man, I'm gonna go ahead and toss you the oars to the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are sailing all the way out to a hospital somewhere. So, oh, 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 that's us. That's us rowing, rowing this boat. We. This is from a medical journal, so we don't have like names. We don't have locations. <laughs> this guy, this guy's secret must be kept. I'm sure the scientists, after they finished writing this report, they all just shot themselves in the head. They're like, this knowledge is too horrible for this world. In this medical journal, it tells the story of a man. Let's call him Keith. Keith is a 33 year old man. Now, he has a history of illegal drug use, so smoking the doobie, maybe like eating some mushrooms, maybe a little cocaine here and there. But. It's in the past. He doesn't do them. He's not it to the doctors. At least he comes in. He's all shaking. Uh, I need painkillers. He has a history of illegal drug use. He goes to the hospital. And he's like, Doc, you gotta, you got to treat me. My testicles hurt really, really bad. The doctors start asking questions like, okay, how long have they hurt? And his answer, is, his answer is the first part of this bizarre mystery. So I'm, I'm going to post it to you. How long, how many days would it take for your testicles to hurt before you went to the doctor? And ladies, your ovaries. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anything down there, how many days would you have to say you use the term excruciating pain, right? How many days would your testicles or ovaries have to hurt before you went to the doctor? Me, zero, right? A good three hours. I'm like, ah, I can't take it anymore. He waited five days. He must not have insurance or something. I don't know. Or he's just like, oh, it'll go away. It'll go away they're throbbing, cartoon-like. They're like the size of grapefruits. Anyways, five days of excruciating testicular pain. And while he's there, this is not why he went to the doctor. The testicular pain is not the reason why he's in a medical journal. That's normal, unfortunately. As they're treating this testicle pain, he goes, Hey, you know, while I'm here, I was wondering if you could take a look at something else while you're down there, while you're in that region. There's been this weird thing that's going on. Um, And the doctor's like, What? That's weird. He's, he's a veteran doctor, right? This isn't his first time someone's passed gas in his facility. He realizes, he's like checking this guy's testicles out, and his face gets farted on. That's weird. This man, I'm looking right at his crotch, and he clearly farted on my face. How did that happen? He's thinking, the, doctor, <laughs> the doctor's flummoxed. That doesn't make any sense. If he was behind him, the fart would have hit his face, but he felt like the gas. He felt like the air pressure changed. He's like, what? And Keith goes, oh, yeah, sorry. Since you're down there, I probably should have warned you. I pass gas out of my penis. This is a true story. This isn't a setup for a joke or anything like that. This guy, when he farts, it comes out of his penis. And the doctor's like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. He's giving him a bunch of rhubarb. He's giving him a bunch of beans to make him carbonated. He's like, we must test this. And then the guy goes... Okay, to be fair, I don't know if it happened in this sequence of events. The medical journal just said he had these four symptoms. But in our version, of the Keith goes, Oh, you know what? You made me eat all those beans because you have some weird fart fetish, you big pervert. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go number two. So he goes to a urinal, which is just conveniently in the doctor's office for the sake of the narrative... And the doctor's like, that's weird. He said he was going to go number two, which is the universal thing for poop. But he's facing... No. No way. And the doctor's watching. <laughs> the doctor developed a new fetish this day. That This is true. This is true. The guy begins pooping. <laughs> I can't believe this is true, but it is. This guy begins pooping out of his penis. Now you go, Jason. This is clearly fake. Did you find this on April Fool's Day? This is clearly not true. Well, I didn't find it on April Fool's Day. <laughs> but I did find it in the India Times. So, but but anyways, it, there is a... <laughs> everyone just shut off the podcast. Even people in India, they're like, that's a rag. Click. It, I did find the medical journal it was reported on. It was reported in curus.com which actually now that sounds like a totally fake medical journal. <laughs> it's funny because you read stuff all the time, but you don't pronounce it out loud. curus.com So I haven't even... Got, I've not even gotten to the title of... None of this is the, is the title of it, right? The Man Who Peed Poop. They could have titled it The Man Who Farts Out of His Wiener. No, we haven't even got to the title of this medical journal article yet. Because that is weird, but it's not as weird as we're going. So the doctor's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to videotape this. I have to videotape this on a creepy old VHS camera and save it for later. But the doctor goes, okay, so you poop out of your penis. And you fart out of your penis. Would that mean... And Keith is like, you've guessed it. You've guessed it, young man. And then he pees out of his butthole. But that is not the name of the article either. Because what he can do... (laughs) To my remaining two listeners... (laughs) What this man can do... And this is the name of the paper. He... Can ejaculate out of his butthole. I think the term that was used was copious amounts of semen, which is which really I think should be any amount, right? If your semen is coming out of your butthole, it doesn't matter if it's a teaspoon or a gallon, right? That's just too much. And he can ejaculate out of his butthole. This ha- this went on. For two years. He never went to the doctor for this. So again I ask. How often would you have to ejaculate out of your butt hole Before you went to the doctor. Because I'm sure this guy was out on dates right. He's meeting a hot girl. You know what I'm not even going to go into detail. I think you guys know exactly where that was headed. Two years. And so the doctors are like, the, here's the thing. There's x-rays with this. There's this medical journal. And they said they kept they kept asking him over and over again, have you ever put anything up your butt? And he's like, no. And they're like, mm, let's rephrase that question. Have any objects ever gone into your anus? He's like, no, that's the same question. You just use different words. They're like, because that's all they can think of. Something because here's the here's the rub. This can happen to you. Or maybe not the first part. So, the first part, maybe this is what happened to you. The first thing is, he went on a cocaine and PCP binge. And this led him, he was like overdosed. It put him into a comatose state for three weeks. And while he's comatose, they had to insert in this catheter. And it poked a hole. Apparently, there's like a pretty thin line between your butthole and your penis it poked a hole through it and created like a little fistula that mixed stuff up so this is this is true this could happen to you as you're sitting in a doctor's office right now they're like one catheter coming up come on in you're like no no they're dragging you in you see the doctor has a creepy VHS camera he's like ah a new fetish of mine as well you can poke a hole between it poop comes out of your wiener and semen shoots out of your butthole so they fixed it right? they didn't just go we'll see you later thank you for giving us material for this journal they fixed this testicular pain which apparently was unrelated and then they fixed this as well he's doing fine as far as we know apparently he can go two years with peeing out of his butthole and not mentioning it to anybody if your friend came up to you and said, "Hey, man, how's it going?" Ah, oh, dude, I was doing okay, you know, but I peed in my pants. And <laughs> you look, and there's like a wet spot on the back of your back of their pants. You're like, "What?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, I pee out of my butthole. I've been doing that for about a year and a half." So, so any plans this weekend? You would say go to the doctor. So I'm assuming this dude told nobody. And you're out on a date with a sexy girl, and like you know, making sweet love to her, and. She's gonna be like, Did you finish? And you're like, Yeah, of course. And then you roll over on the wall. Okay, that's, that's, that's too much. That's too much. But, anyways, bizarre story. And the creepy thing is, It can happen to you. And you're like, The whole time, you're just Jason. The story is obviously not true. It's obviously not. T- I'm pretty sure it's true. Could be wrong. So, with that, I am never, ever having a catheter inserted inside of me. T-Mad, if he's still listening, T-Mad, we're going to go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carboner copter. We are leaving behind this hospital. We are headed all the way out to Nairobi. This story was sent to me by Church Mule on Twitter. Long-time listener of the show. Really, really appreciate the lead, Church Mule. He reached out to me and said, look at this ad I got while I was searching the web. And a chill ran down my spine. (gasps) An enemy of my past was still around. There's a group called Share International. And what they do is they believe that the new messiah walks among us. His name is the Maitreya, and he is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I remember reading about, it was so funny, because when Churchgo and Mule sent this over, I was like, oh, not this dude again, right? Because this became, it become very evident how old this conspiracy theory is as we go through it. It happened when I was a kid. I turned 45 on Monday, October 4th. This story really started, I remember being in high school and hearing about this, and it scared me because I grew up, I, I still am a Southern Baptist, but I grew up in the church, we watched A Thief in the Night, we watched all these films about like the Antichrist coming, and he was going to deceive mankind and he'd make everyone get the mark of the beast, and that type of stuff terrified me it terrified me so when i'm in high school and i'm like oh dude i'm totally like kicking it with all these cute girls and then (laughs) the antichrist is showing up i'm seeing about this guy named the matreya and people are like oh this is the second coming of christ and i know that's not jesus i'm thinking oh man am i ever going to get to third base because will i ever know where my semen comes from because this guy might destroy the world so I remember being in high school, because I was always into conspiracy theories. I've been researching this stuff since I was like 12. So when I was in high school, I was reading about this guy, the Maitreya. And I was like, oh no, this dude is the Antichrist. And I remember it scared me. I remember for the longest time that the concept scared me, that he was already here. That the Antichrist is already here. And you can kind of toy around with in your head about like where the who the Antichrist is and where we would come from. But this was a group saying they weren't they were not saying he was the Antichrist, by the way. They're like this is the reincarnation or the new incarnation of Jesus. But I'm like, nah, that's the Antichrist. But then, you know, time goes on and I discover all these other conspiracy theories and you know just get older and wiser and totally forgot about this dude until (laughs) going Mule sent me an article and I'm clicking on the photos and I remember the photo from high school. I remember this exact photo. So I just thought that was an interesting callback to this. Now, you know this is an old conspiracy. I'm surprised they're even still around. I'm totally surprised they're even still around. And when you go to their website, when you go to shareinternational.org, they talk about... You'll know that the New Jesus Christ is here because of the political upheavals, such as the fall of the Berlin Wall, the dissolution of the Soviet Union. remember that? 30 years ago? That's old stuff. There's been a ton of political stuff then, but it shows like they're not updating their website. They're still advertising for it. Church going mule saw an advertisement, but there's you what? That's where you hint off the Soviet Union falling apart? It's boomer-tier conspiracy theory content, and it worked back then. I mean, I don't think their plan was to scare teenagers, but it definitely got people's attention. The Maitreya, this really comes from the mind of one person. The Maitreya is a Buddhist term, but this version of it comes from a guy named Benjamin Cream, and he grew up like us. UFO fan, Fordian fan, loved the bazaar, and he just kind of goes through life. It's in 1959, he's 37 years old. This dude is dead by now. That's why, again, I don't know who's running the organization, I don't know what the endgame is, but Benjamin Cream was 37 years old back in 1959, and he started hearing voices in his head. The master began to communicate with him. Now, that ties into another conspiracy theory that there are these ascended masters and they live in the mountains or the volcanoes or something like that, and they reach out and they're occasionally finding random people to bestow this gift of knowledge onto. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not so much of a skeptic that I don't think that telepathy is fake. I'm sure it's possible out of 7 billion people, and I'm sure there is like a, a group of ascended people, but... That's, I do believe in like elements of that, but when you start hearing voices in your head, it should be the same thing as if your testicles begin to hurt. How many days do you have to hear the voices in your head before you maybe go seek help? But anyways, he's listening to the voices in his head, and it tells him, Hey, the Maitreya's coming, and we're going to get you ready. We're going to give you this knowledge to get you ready so you can usher in this new age. He's a nobody at this point. Someone who always believed in paranormal stuff, and now he's second in command of the end of the world. In a good way. See, the interesting thing is, I keep saying the end of the world. If you believe that this guy's Jesus, yeah, it's the end of the world, but it's world peace afterwards. But still, as far as I'm concerned, it would be the end of the world. Because if everything's peaceful, then what's there to do? You're like, Jason, is that Jason, really, is that really your attitude about, like, the second coming of Christ? I just, I, I well, let, let, let me sidestep that for a second. In 1979, he actually begins making public announcements that the Maitreya is coming. He's right around the corner. All the reporters look, and he goes, oh, he was around the other corner. And you just missed him. That's barely a joke, you know, because it wasn't that funny. But for a while, the media was following him. Like, for a while, he was actually getting press attention. In 1982, he began publishing ads in newspapers saying, the end of days begins on June 21st, 1982. And of course, that doesn't happen. Like all of the predictions we've seen on the board and on godlike productions and things like that, 2012, mine Apocalypse, all this stuff, they don't happen. They don't happen. Remember, what was it, a couple of years ago, that guy was buying billboards saying Jesus was coming back and... See, I had at that point, I had already lived through so many doomsdays and so many Christ coming back into the world events because I sharpened my teeth on the Maitreya type of stuff that now when I hear it, it's like, ah, it's nothing. But back when I was, I was only six when 1982, I wasn't aware of that. But as the story goes on, I am aware of that. And I do think that this guy is not Jesus, that he's the Antichrist and we're all about to be enslaved. In May of 1982, Benjamin gives a press conference. Again, people are paying attention to this lunacy. And he says, Jesus, this is hilarious. This is the best contest ever. He goes, guys, listen, Jesus is here. And the reporters are like, oh, they're looking around. He's like, not here, literally, but he's here on Earth. I have to stop talking like that to you guys. He's living in Brick Lane. Apparently, that's like a neighborhood in London. So go out there and find him. And reporters are like, nah, we're good. (laughs) I mean, if the world's going to end, like you said, in June, are we really going to go out to Brick Lane? And he says, he, listen, he hasn't, this was really interesting because as I was reading the story of Benjamin Cream, he's getting these messages and he's talking about the Maitreya's coming, the Maitreya's coming. The reason why he said that in May 1982 is because he's never met the Maitreya. Ever. Never seen him. He just hears the voices in his head. But he knew that he was in Brick Lane. So his goal was to get the reporters to go there, start randomly asking people, Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? Are you Jesus? Until eventually the guy's like, I will admit I'm Jesus because I was the third person in the line you were about to get to me. And then Benjamin Cream would have met. He He's never met this guy. Remember, this saga started back in... 1959, that was his first telepathic message. or in 1982, he's never met the guy, he has no proof that the Maitreya exists. He also has no proof that that's how you pronounce his name, but we're just going to keep rolling with it. He keeps getting these telepathic messages and he keeps announcing the end of the world. But we know Harold Camping was that guy I was thinking of who he had the same thing you make an announcement, it fails. And then you make another announcement and no one pays attention. And that's what happened here. He kept making announcements. He keeps dating the end of the world. Nothing happens. But he now has proof in his saga. He now has proof that Maitreya exists. If you go to a bathroom, this is legit. I, I Oh my God, why would you even put this on your website? You guys already look like lunatics. Out-of-date lunatics, by the way. They have on their website proof that Maitreya exists. Apparently, if you... This sounds like Creepy creepypasta. This totally sounds like creepypasta. If you go to Barcelona, Spain... It's a small town, apparently. I bet you you just can walk in and out within a couple minutes. If you go to Barcelona, Spain, and you go to a bathroom, right? It doesn't tell you what bathroom. It doesn't tell you if it's a private bathroom at someone's house, or some seedy bathroom at some sex store. You don't know. If you go to this bathroom, if you look in the mirror, there's a handprint of the Maitreya. That's proof. Now, I understand if you've been on this saga for decades and you've never seen the dude and you're trying to get reporters to do your dirty work, you'd kind of lean on anything. But that's what? Oh, I forgot. I forgot, actually. I left out a key detail. It's not just the handprint of the Maitreya. It's blessed. So if you look at it, it, like, cures you. And they said even if you look at a photocopy of it, you can get blessings, which I don't really believe because I've been researching this story and then I ate some spicy food and I got a big fat canker sore on my lip. So I don't think, if anything, this picture is cursed. It's cursed media. He also had this weird conspiracy theory where he kept telling people... The Maitreya has visited the headquarters of CNN and they did a full interview on him and they believe him now, but they're not allowed to air the interview. So you just have to write CNN letters and tell them to air the Maitreya interview and then they'll air it. And then he did that with other news networks as well. I think it was ABC or CBS or something like that, which is interesting because I think he was running the same gimmick. It doesn't state it clearly, but I bet you anything. Obviously, he doesn't know if this guy's doing interviews. He may be getting voices in his head that he's doing interviews. He doesn't know for sure. He, the tapes he can't prove exist, so what you do is he, maybe he thinks they do. He gets people to write in this letter campaign, air the interview of the matreya air the interview of the Maitreya, and eventually CNN goes, well, who's the Matreya? We must find this guy and put him on the news. I think that was his tactic. I don't think he actually thought he was being interviewed, but that's what he was stating publicly. The Maitreya has tried going on the record that he is here to save mankind. He is the second coming of Christ. But the media is covering it up. Now, Benjamin Cream died fairly recently ago, back in 2016. He lived to be 93 years old. But their website is as current as September 25th, 2021, so someone is still maintaining it. And I couldn't See, you know, a lot of times this stuff is scams. A lot of the stuff, you know, like, send us $10 and we'll send you a photocopy of a disgusting mirror in Barcelona. Like, I didn't see anything that scammy. Could be wrong, right? I could be wrong, but I didn't see anything that scammy. So I don't know who's still running it or why they're running it. Because if he was the one who was getting the messages in the head, then what's going on? But that, in and of itself, I think is an interesting story. But that's not where we're going to end. Because let's talk about the photo that I saw. I kept talking about it being scary, and you're like, Jason, none of that stuff was scary. There's no proof that this guy existed. Until we reach Nairobi. TMAD land this copter. We're in Kwangware, Nairobi. It's June 11th, 1988. That's the worst city to say when you have a canker sore in your mouth. We're headed to the Church of Bethlehem. There's a bunch of people sitting around outside. And Mary Sinaida Akatsa comes out. She's a local faith healer. Everyone knows who she is. She heals the sick and the blind. People are singing Bible hymns. Jesus loves me. This I know for my... I don't think that's a Bible <laughs> I think that's for little kids. But anyways, they're singing it. Mary Akatsa walks out. She's like, okay, everyone, can I get your attention, please? Can I get your attention, please? Thank you. I was just in the church, and you won't believe what happened. God told me we're about to be visited by a very, very special guest. And everyone's like, ooh, I wonder who it is. And Mary's like, I'll give you one guess. (laughs) Who would be the most exciting guest that God would say he's coming? People are like, hmm, I don't know. They're not really good on their Bible. They haven't been reading the Bible. They've been singing these songs the whole time. Out of the church walks Jesus. He's six foot five inches tall. He was wearing spotless white garments, this giant robe, and he had this little turban hat thing on that had a blue band around it. He he walks out, he goes, Guys, and he's speaking perfect Swahili with no accent. He's like, Guys, you guessed it. And Mary's like, They didn't guess right. They didn't guess right. He's like, Well, I guess I should tell you right now I am Jesus Christ, Son of God. Look at my spotless robes and this snazzy little hat. Could anyone else have spotless robes? Now, to be fair, to be fair, the photograph its super, like, every, <laughs> the entire landscape is covered in mud in the photographs of this place. It was like a church, but I guess the parishioners all were outside, and apparently there were like a thousand people showed up here. So the fact that he did have spotless robes, I'll admit, were, that, that's pretty legit. I don't think I would declare him the son of God. But anyways, he's like, you are all blessed. Everyone here is blessed. And I want to let you know that it's almost time. It's almost time for God to come down. And he goes, but before that happens, before the end of the world comes and we're all accepted into heaven, I will continue to bring blessing upon blessings down to you. You are all blessed. You are all children of God. I mean, I'm number one. I'm number one. But in another way, you are also all children of God. And Mary's nodding. And everyone's like, oh, my God, dude, no one will believe me. This is so awesome. I'm meeting Jesus. And then Jesus goes, it's time for me to leave. And he starts. The thousands of witnesses are watching this. He begins to hover. I don't know if there's a slide whistle sound, but he flies up into the sky. That is the story of Jesus visiting Nairobi. And that happened in the year 1988. And so this story was quickly latched onto by Benjamin Cream and saying this was the Maitreya. So when you look at photographs, that for some reason they have this photograph of this dude, and then they have a photograph of a dirty hand on a mirror, and they're both equal proof. He says that was the matreya Here's photographic evidence. And so that's what I saw as a kid. I saw that photograph and it scared me because I was dumb, right? I was like, oh, man, how am I supposed to fight a guy with spotless robes? But I looked more into this story because for all I know, this photo was some guy opening a new restaurant in town, right? So I looked into it. And the story checks out, save for one detail. And I'm sure you guys can guess which detail doesn't check out. I dug into this a little bit more and I found some other narratives. Everything else is the same. The date and the minister at the church, everyone there is freaking out because this dude walks out, this six foot five tall dude walks out. Everything's the same. One or two of the articles mentions that he has a light. He seems to be emitting this light from his turban which is easy to fake, or else it could be false memory or mass hysteria. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that he actually did have some sort of angelic glow over his head. We have the version where he flies into the clouds. That is not true, right? I can only find that reported one place. The the Benjamin Cream version actually was not as ridiculous as him flying up to the clouds, to be fair. The Benjamin Cream version was, there was a guy who just happened to be in the area named Gurnam Singh. And he goes, you, sir, how would you like to give the son of God a ride in your car? And the dude's like, well, okay, sure, I'm not going to turn down that offer. So the Maitreya gets in the back seat of the car and they drive just a short while. And then he gets out of the car and he goes, Gurnam, thank you for the ride, but I got it from here. And he vanishes into thin air. Now, that story's far more convenient because there's only one witness to that. But it's still pretty dumb, right? It's still pretty ridiculous. If he could vanish, then why didn't he do it in front of all of these people? Why did he get driven around the corner? I found another version. This one was actually from a news article written on the event. It said that Gurnam Singh, he shows back up, Gurnam Singh was his chauffeur. So he didn't magically appear at the location. What happened was Gurnam Singh brought him in the car, And then he got out and he went into the church, did a little razzmatazz, and then got back into the car. (laughs) This is so funny. This is so funny. Drove into a bus station. Gurnam Singh drove the second coming of Christ to the bus station. And as he was walking into the bus station, Gurnam Singh goes, where are you headed? And he turns around and he goes, back to heaven. And then then he just gets on a bus. Just gets on a bus. And he's never been seen since fascinating, fascinating story. That photograph scared me for the longest time. I thought that this guy might actually be the Antichrist. I never thought that he was actually the second coming of Christ, but he was one that was going to deceive us, and I didn't want that to happen, right? I still had a bunch of episodes of The Next Generation to watch, and it did not happen. But I want to wrap this story up like this. There's a quote on the Share International website that talks about... What things are going to be like when the Christ, when the Maitreya makes himself known. I want to read this to you. Quote, the Christ will come on the world's television channels linked together by satellite. All those with access to television will see his face. He will establish a telepathic rapport with all humanity simultaneously. While the Christ is speaking, everyone will feel far more love than they've ever felt before. That massive outpouring of love will cause hundreds of thousands of miracle cures to take place simultaneously. That's terrifying to me. That idea is so antithetical to what I believe in. It's, it's that that's terrifying to me. Because I'm wondering now if I read one of these ads in when I was a teenager. Because the thing is, is that there's two parts of this. Obviously, with the Antichrist is coming and you're just walking by a television set and like a Best Buy, and you just see like, it's stuff you've seen like in The Rise of Cobra, G.I. Joe movies and stuff. You see all the televisions change and it's a picture of this stranger you've never seen before. And he begins talking, and you have this gut reaction that this person is not who he says he is. But you see everyone else around you just falling to their knees, weeping openly. They finally have peace in their hearts. And you're just standing there, and you don't understand it. And you start to see other people start to approach the televisions, because they just hear people weeping in the electronics department. And they're walking closer and you hear it. You turn around and you see other people just falling to their knees. There's just joy on their face and they're sobbing as they're watching this man who's speaking this message of peace and love. And you're watching this and you know this person is not who he says he is. You could easily fall to your feet and pretend to cry just so they don't notice you're different. You could go along with it. Maybe you do feel a little bit of peace in your heart. Things definitely are better. There's less pollution. There's no more wars, no more crime. Everyone seems to love each other, but you are just going through the motions. You live in the world you know. You live in the world controlled. By a demonic entity. But nobody else realizes it. Or do you know? Do you know? In the book of Revelation it says even the learned will be deceived. Even the people who have studied the Bible, studied the Quran, studied the Torah, meditated and refined their mind for decades. They will also fall prey to this Antichrist. It's a terrifying story, and it's a terrifying vision. The loss of free will, even if it's the loss of free will for a paradise, is the worst thing that can happen. Free will is what separates us from the animals. With that gone, we're just a planet of servants. So that is why the idea of the Maitreya terrified me. And I bet you anything I read this ad when I was a teenager. Because the idea of just passing by a television set and losing your free will to this powerful force. Who could fight against that? I always have this question. If the book of Revelation is real and the devil knows how the story ends, why does he continue to fight? And we've discussed that on other episodes. But I have a sneaking suspicion the reason why he continues to fight, even though the book ends this way, is that he knows there's a clause. He knows there's a chance that he wins. And if he does, and this Antichrist comes down and warps our minds and makes us worship him, and the kingdom of God falls, and the angels are slaughtered in battle. It may start off as a paradise on earth, one that we greeted with open arms and weeping eyes, but it will end with eternal hell. Not just a planet, but a universe ruled over by the darkest entities ever created. Truly a terrifying thought. It just brings back memories of me being a young man. Being in fear of what may happen tomorrow. I may be older. I may be wiser. But I still believe that this can come to pass. If not the Maitreya, someone else. After all, they've been planning the conquest of this reality. Since before it was created. Dead Rabbit radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com deadrabbitradio TikTok is at deadrabbit radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.